Christ must become the center. We need to realize that we are incapable of fixing things on our own. We don't have the ability within us to save ourselves and to change our destiny. Christ died on the cross so that He could change our course from being destined to hell and have the opportunity for eternal life, for forgiveness of sins, to have a new beginning. Hello and welcome to another message from the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. In today's message, we'll be seeing that Christ needs to become our glory and wisdom. Despite all of our advancements and developments as people, we probably have more problems than ever before. We continue to hurt ourselves and each other and think that we can fix things on our own somehow. But that's not the truth. All of the turmoil and pain and suffering that exists in the world today is a product of sin. And if a person does not deal with sin in their own life, they will be lost forever. The cross of Jesus Christ is the only place where sin can be dealt with. Today's message is inspired on 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 18 to 31. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Holy God, blessed are you, O Lord, for you are worthy to be praised. There is no one like you, O Lord, O God. Heavenly Father, I praise you for your goodness, your mercy, for your grace, for your love. Something that we could see at each and every moment if we just pay attention. Heavenly Father, I pray, Holy God, that you please forgive my sins. Please, O Lord, have mercy on me. Heavenly Father, have mercy on us. Forgive us, O Lord, all of our trespasses. And help us, Lord God, to forgive those that trespass against us. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks for your Son, Jesus Christ. I give you thanks, O Lord, for the sacrifice that you did through him. I give you thanks, O Lord, that you dealt with our sin eternally and forever, Lord God. Heavenly Father, help us, O Lord, to understand. Help us, O Lord, what needs to happen in our lives. Help us, O God, that you must be the one that guides us each and every moment, that we must submit to you, that we must turn away from our wrongs. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks and I praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll be reading today from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 18 to 31. This is the word of the Lord. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For Jews request a sign, and Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, to the Jews a stumbling block, and to the Greeks foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God, and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble, are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. 
and the base things of the world and the things which are despised God has chosen and the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are that no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him you are in Christ Jesus who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. That is is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. The cross of Jesus Christ may seem like foolishness, but it is the answer to all of man's problems. How can something so terrible and apparently debilitating be the answer to all of our problems? In order to answer that, we need to understand sin and what it is and what it does. Sin is the destroyer of mankind and our potential for eternity. That's the first thing we need to understand. In the beginning, God made everything good. But notice that if you read Genesis, it doesn't say that he made everything perfect. The words good and very good are mentioned. But what does that mean, that God made things imperfect? And here we need to establish another reality that is linked to this sin problem. God allowed for there to be choice in our existence. And so God created man with the ability for free will. And when there is free will, there are options outside of perfection. That's why creation was good and very good, but not perfect. Mankind was not created to be a robot per se, where we follow a certain programming. We were made with the ability to reason and to choose our path in life and death. That's the imperfection that existed in paradise, if you will. In order to not just know, but to see man's decision once given free will, he, God, needed to allow for there to be an option. And here we need to interject yet something else that can further explain the why. Love is inherent to free will and choice. In love, there's always free will and choice. Nothing in love is forced, programmed, or scripted. When there is love, there is ultimate freedom. So what was God after with creation and making this place where people can have free will to choose their path? God is a God of love. God created mankind for himself, but he wanted for people to be with him because they love him, not because he forces them to love him. And so God created and allowed for this whole framework to exist because of love. And even though sin is something he hates, he allowed for it to exist to test and see if people would seek after him versus sin. In order to have true choice, there needs to be competing sides that are opposite to each other. This is the reason why he placed this tree in the middle of the garden that was forbidden. But yet, people obviously had access to it. It was the first test he placed before his creation to see if they loved him out of their own free will. This is what we read in Genesis. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. What was God testing here? Man's love for him. Had man learned to love God and appreciate everything he had done for them? We need to remember that God made man with reason and intelligence right from the very beginning. There is no story in the Bible that we started as a caveman and evolved from apes. Evolution would have you believe that we all evolved from primates. And so Adam and Eve knew what God had told them. They understood. But the problem was this. Did they love God enough to believe what he was telling him? Did they learn to love him through everything he did for them, starting with creating him? 
And the unfortunate answer is the same problem we have today with most people. They did not. Rather than believing the God that made them and that gave them every single thing they had, they preferred to believe the lies from a being that was created and even inferior to them. They believed the serpent that was under the direct supervision of the devil. Had the devil or the serpent done anything for them? Were they created by them? Did the garden come into existence through the devil's power? No. Then why listen to him? It's the same problem now. God not only made everything for us, but we also live and breathe and function because he wills it. Yet man most of the time seeks after inferior things that they owe nothing to. This is the root problem of sin, the injustice that we commit against the Lord God Almighty. Just think of it. Many people are so misguided by their own sinfulness that they would much rather believe that their existence was an accident and that they evolved from an animal rather than believe that the Lord God is God and that they were created by the Almighty. And here is the inherent problem with committing injustice against God. Injustice has its consequences. Sin has its consequences. Just because we're given the ability to choose does not free us from the consequences related to our choices. God loved man, but God's love could not free man from the consequence of dismissing God's instruction so that he could avoid death. Adam and Eve ate of the tree of good and evil, and as a result, as a consequence, They brought death into the picture and they corrupted everything around them because of their actions, because of their disregard for God's warning and advice, because they choose to believe something inferior to God without any kind of logical or rational justification. Adam and Eve did one day die and their children died and every single mortal person after has also died and all of us that live and breathe now will also die someday. Sin is the reason for all of the problems we have in this world. We die because of sin. We get sick because of sin. We hurt each other because of sin. We have greed, selfishness, hatred, envy, abominations, degeneration, you name it, in this world because of sin. Sin produces absolutely nothing good. And this is the problem when people think that sin doesn't exist. When you don't deal with sin, and you pursue to fix your problems through something else, through some other means, you're only foolishly attempting to deal with the symptoms of sin, but not the root problem. No matter what we do, we will all die someday, and there is nothing we can do on our own to change that. Many have tried and failed miserably. We try to put band-aids, if you will, on things, thinking that we can solve the world's problems and leave completely unchecked and undealt with the one thing that causes all of our problems. Sin. Is world peace possible through our own hand? Absolutely not. Can we cure all of the diseases and sicknesses that exist? If you find a cure for something, 10 other diseases show up. And if you pay attention to the TV commercials, at least here in America, that they show for different medications, they will say that the drug may help whatever ailment you have, but it can also cause many other problems as potential side effects. Some medications may help with certain things, but may wind up killing you anyway. Can technology fix our family problems, for instance, and how we interact with each other? Quite doubtful. We have more problems now than ever before. People don't even know how to interact with one another anymore. Have we been able to stop wars? 
Well, doing away with firearms, stop all the senseless killing that is happening in so many different places. If we don't deal with sin, problems will keep showing up and multiplying like they always have. People might think that they do not hurt anyone with their sin, but they do, especially themselves. Lightning may not strike a person in the moment they sin, but it always has consequences, both here and now, and if left undealt with, even far worse in eternity. Here is the problem when we try to deal with the symptoms of sin rather than with sin itself. When we pursue solutions in other things, we're only dealing with certain symptoms, but not the root evil. Let's put this in some medical terms. It's like dealing with a throat infection. A bad throat infection can cause a lot of problems like fever, throat ache, headaches, and other symptoms that may seem like cold or allergy related. If a person just takes over-the-counter medications thinking that they're dealing with a bad cold or allergy, they may experience some minor temporary relief with certain things, but the infection will continue to get worse. And the only answer to dealing with the bad throat ache infection are antibiotics. That is what happens with sin. People try to fill the void they feel deep inside with all kinds of temporary and sinful things, but they're only dealing with the symptoms of sin and not sin itself. People try to use drugs and alcohol, sexual adventures, entertainment, and so on to deal with feelings of guilt, depression, and or remorse and regret, but those feelings will just continue to grow and worsen. People try to cure their past relationship problems with new relationships, but they only create even bigger problems with those newer relationships. Like for instance, when people experience divorce and they were the injured party, if you will, they will more than likely try to get someone as the next relationship that is opposite and instinctively take out their past issues on that newer relationship. And we can go on and on and on with all kinds of other examples. But the truth is that sin, both sin we have committed and the sin others have committed against us can only be dealt with through the cross of Jesus Christ. Many people may think it is absurd or meaningless, but that is the only cure we have for sin. And sin must be dealt with if we truly want to deal with our own personal problems and the problems other inflicts on us. That is the power of the cross. That is what God did to cure our root problem and everything that surrounds this root problem. If you were to die today without the forgiveness of sins, without the Lord's forgiveness, you will not only die physically, but you will be lost forever and be sent to a place where the consequences of sin take every single person, including the devil and his demons, a place called hell, a place that is far away from God and everything that belongs to God. Hell is a place where there is no peace, no security, no love, no healing, and certainly no freedom. It's a place of torment and it's eternal. Forever is a long time. And here is the first question. Do we believe God? Do we believe that there is a heaven and a hell? Or are we going to allow ourselves to be deceived just like Adam and Eve were? They didn't think that they would die because a serpent told them that they wouldn't die. And here we are. Everyone after them, including them, have died since. There's already a very clear track record on the truth God tells us versus the lies that the devil and everything and everyone related to him tell us. And so, what needs to happen so we can effectively fix everything in our lives, starting with the most important, 
with the eternal side. In order to fix or deal with everything in our lives, Christ must become the center. We need to realize that we are incapable of fixing things on our own. We don't have the ability within us to save ourselves and to change our destiny. Christ died on the cross so that He could change our course from being destined to hell and have the opportunity for eternal life, for forgiveness of sins, to have a new beginning. That is what the cross of Jesus Christ can do for us. When Jesus shed His blood, God dying for all of mankind, that opened wide a door for us all to be saved. This is what we need to keep in mind. We need to remember who God and Christ are and that they are far superior to anything and anyone else and that they need to govern our lives so that we can be led to the eternal life that can, they can only give through the regeneration of the Holy Spirit. Once we understand that and surrender our lives to the Lord, then everything in our life will start to get organized. This is the wisdom of the cross of Christ. This is why we cannot rely on anything or anyone else. This is the miracle that happens, that when Jesus becomes our effective and literal Lord, then God becomes our glory and wisdom. And if we remember who God is, we should understand that He is the Almighty of the universe and that there is no one greater, just like the scriptures say, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Through the Lord Jesus Christ, we have everything to gain and nothing to lose. We can overcome our greatest enemy, sin, through the Lord. And this is what happens when we overcome this enemy. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. The rewards that God has for those that love Him, for those that cling on to the cross of Christ, outweigh anything and anyone that exists. There is nothing that can compare to what God has for us. We ultimately start living eternity here and now. Our bodies may fade and die, but our soul, our eternal being, will last forever. Through the cross of Jesus Christ, we gain immortality. And so, is the cross in fact foolishness? Only to those that are so foolish enough to prefer for settling for the crumbs that a liar and a deceiver throw at them than for the bread of life that can make us live forever and that can only come through the one true God of the universe. For it is written, For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. What we need to understand is that everything in this world is passing. Everything that we see will one day go away. And so everything that is founded or concerned with this temporary world alone will also go away as well. God tells us the truth and we need to cling on to His truth if we want to avoid wasting away our lives and things that don't really matter. We need to remember that everything we do here and now counts toward eternity. Our most valuable commodity right now is time. We need to spend our time devoted to things that truly matter, to things that perpetuate eternal life. And living for the Lord Jesus Christ is the only thing that ensures that. Does that mean that nothing else matters? Not exactly. 
but it does mean that you give the Lord priority so everything in your life, starting with your soul, is taken care of properly. Nothing truly good in this life or in eternity can happen without having a genuine transformation that starts from within. And the only one that can affect this transformation is the Holy Spirit. That's why we need to deal with sin. And the only way to effectively deal with sin is by repenting and converting from all of our sins and effectively making Jesus the Lord of our lives. There is no forgiveness of sins in anything else. There is no eternal life in anything else. He is our eternal cure, our eternal remedy. He can heal us through His power, through His grace. He can take away the sting of sin forever. When our sins are dealt with, then we have direct access to God and to everything that belongs to God. And that, my friends, is worth more than anything else that this superficial world can offer. This is what we are promised. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And so, if you want immortality, repent and convert from all of your sins Make the Lord Jesus Christ the center of everything in your life and God will become your glory and wisdom forever. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, blessed are you, O God, because you truly love us, because you truly care for us. Please forgive us, O Lord, for how unfair we are with you. Because despite the fact that we owe you absolutely everything, we fail you all the time. We don't listen to you. We don't obey you, Lord God. We do so many things, so many wrong things to you. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks because you truly are good and you truly are merciful. Lord God, there's, there's almost no limit to your goodness. Heavenly Father, help us to treasure that. Help us to understand what you did through your son, Jesus Christ, on the cross. Help us to understand that it needs to be our everything. Salvation that we can have through him. The eternal life, forgiveness, new beginning. Heavenly Father, help us to understand that, to treasure it, to take care of it, Lord God. To Lord God, to believe all the things that you do tell us because they are truth. Help us, O oh Lord, to believe your truth the truth of your word, that we need to obey and do what you tell us to do, Lord God, for our own good and for the good of others. Help us, O oh Lord, to value your truth, to value the cross, to value the opportunity of immortality that you give us, O oh Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Please join us again next time as we look into God's word together. And if you have any questions or just need some prayer, please email us through our website. If you want to listen to other messages, you can go to our website or look for our podcast in the Apple iTunes store under The Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. 
The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.